What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast. I am Ronan Gain, and joining me as always is Christian Nambu. Thank you for making Coast to Coast your first choice for NBA coverage. We are free and available on all platforms. You can also watch every episode in full on our YouTube channel, along with all of our best hot takes. Just search Coast to Coast NBA podcast. So, Chris, we got an exciting one today. Two of the more intriguing teams in the Western Conference talk about Portland Trail Blazers and the New Orleans Pelicans. I think we're going to talk with the Blazers. I think it's going to be a, a much better year this year compared to last. That That's a very low standard to set, but <laughs> that's at least the first thing to get out of the way. I think absolutely Blazers fans should be pretty pumped about a revamped roster and which should be a, a very competitive team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like just a quick thing on, on last season, obviously they, uh, they had a lot of troubles. Lillard was basically out for the whole year. They ultimately finished 13th in the West, 27 and 55. McCollum got traded, Larry Nance got traded, Norman Powell got traded. Basically, all their main veterans got traded off the team, and it kind of looked like possibly they were going to move towards a rebuild, but they had the growth of a young star and Anthony Simons. They have rebuilt during this offseason, and it looks like it's going to be a, a brighter return of the second coming Rip City 2.0 led by Damian Lillard. But the main man to talk about is Anthony Simons. What a year he had last year. Yeah, I, I think people are going to gloss over the fact that, you know, he almost had a 50-40-90 season. As, and the guy who went from being an inefficient backup guard with promise to becoming a 24-6 and six lead guard. I mean, that, that was an incredible development that I think most people ignored because, you know, you don't have Dame, you don't have CJ, they're not competing for the playoffs. So that went really unnoticed to some people. But... Well, what's going to be interesting this year is you have a team now that's competing for the playoffs. So what does a player like that do? I mean, do we think he's going to repeat it? We saw how much more efficient he got, even with more volume. He wasn't like a inefficient player with just a ton more shots. He got even better. So I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good about him taking another step forward and, you know, maybe not having that same level of production because you obviously have Dame on this team. You just brought in Jeremy Grant. And that's probably going to be the, the biggest question there is who's going to be the number two guy, Jeremy Grant or Anthony Simons. But regardless, he's definitely a starter on this team. And I think some people are going to go as crazy to think that maybe he's going to be like an MIP type of player. Yeah, I think that's definitely a, an area that he'll be looking at. But it, it'll be so hard just to, to improve on what he did last year, thinking that he obviously averaged 17.3 points, 2.6 rebounds and 3.9 assists on the whole that was an increase of nine, nine and a half points a game, uh, zero and a half uh, uh, rebounds and two and a half assists per game. He also shot 49% on his twos and 40% on his three with a pretty significant higher volume and a lot more pressure. And then in the 30 games that he started last season, he averaged 22 points, three rebounds and five and a half assists on pretty decent efficiency, given that he was like the, the go-to scorer. He shot... 42% from the field and 39% from three. And doing that earned him his contract. He got the extension this year, four years, a hundred million. He went and earned that. And I think it'll be tough for him to come and repeat what he did last year. But if we're looking at Anthony Simmons during this year and he's averaging about 20 points, continues to show that development in his playmaking ability, 
and he's still shooting either side of 40 from three. That is so, so huge for the Portland team. Yeah, I wonder, you know, the big question is going to be about his defense because I don't have any question about him being a good scorer because he proved that and he proved it on volume. He proved it on a catch and shoot. He proved it with the ball in his hands as a playmaker. And those stats I mentioned, 24 and six, that came um, after his December slump. So January on. Um, he's so good. They, the Blazers needed to shut him down. And if he, if that's who he is, like to that, like can his defense get better? And is he the guy that's dropping 40 points against the Hawks? Is he the guy that's dropping 30 points a game in back-to-back games? So like, is he an explosive scorer like that night in night out? Like, did they just need to unlock that? Or is that just some, you know, aberration? That's not something we can rely on, but that that's a big difference maker to this team if he's that level player if he's a i mean honestly like a borderline all-star level player i i don't i don't know what it's going to look like this this year because i think that the big question to answer is you know where does jeremy grant lie in the pecking order who where where is he getting his touches and does he end up just becoming a third option on this team or is anthony simons the second option or is rather is anthony simons uh, the third option here because this is the first time that he's had the opportunity to be the guy, and it's going to be very different this season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you wonder can he can he thrive alongside Dame, and you wonder how the fit is going to be with Jeremy Grant. Obviously, they brought him in. He was basically it seemed like he was being shopped all of last year, and eventually now that he's landed in Portland, but you kind of look at him and you think obviously he's going to want to be the the next scorer, the next go-to guy after Dame Jeremy Grant. But I think the defensive side is where he is really going to come up trumps for this team. Because you look at it now and you think Grant, Nurkic, and Little, they're basically going to be very heavily rely on to create the base of the defense for this Portland team. This Portland team, which had the worst defensive rating in the NBA uh, last season, and I think they were probably I think they were 29th the year before, even when they still even when they made the playoffs. But now they actually seem to have a bit of a core that can actually create a somewhat decent NBA defense. And that's where Grant is really gonna have to step up. He's obviously gonna offer the scoring too. I know that's what he's gonna want more, but the defense is where he can really step up for this team. Yeah, and that that's gonna be the biggest part because to, to answer my own question about Simons, he's not gonna be. I don't think his defense is gonna change. We know what kind of defensive limitations you get with Dame, um, but when you get a guy like Grant in here, who is a lead wing defender, like he is a wing stopper, he's a guy that you put out there against the best scorers in this league, um, and then you get a guy like Nasir Little, who's shown more than just promise last year. He's shown to be a great defender and coming into his own. I mean, he's a guy that you could say he's going to guard four positions. I mean, maybe he's guarding five at times, depending on what kind of lineups you have out there at the five. And you bring in Josh Hart too, um, if Nurkic is healthy. Um, and we haven't even mentioned yet, Gary Payton Jr. You know, they have serious additions here that I just can't see them being that bad. I can't see them being in the bottom 10 of the league just with that amount of perimeter defense. And how much better than they get to that? I think that's a huge that's a huge prognostic factor. And like, where do we view this team in the whole of the West and in the NBA going from being a terrible team without Dame, a lottery team without Dame to if they go from the 30th 
where they go from the worst defense in the league to a top 12, top 14, whatever defense in this league. And then we also talk about the rebounding. They were 26 in rebounding last year. I, I think you could argue they might flirt with top five this year. I mean, just look, the addition of Josh Hart, he's a top five rebounding guard. Little is a great rebounding wing. Uh, Grant is a good rebounder when he's playing the four and not playing the three. If you have Yusuf Nurkic, who's healthy, the, those guys alone, I think are going to add a ton of that. And Gary Payton Jr. He's a great rebounding guard as well. There's, there's going to be huge improvements in some of their worst metrics. And then you bring back your star. Um, there's just so many things that are going to go right for this team compared to, to last year comparatively. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I, the way I, I look at it now, if all these things come together, right, this team is healthy. It wouldn't be crazy to think that they're capable of flirting with the top 10 in both offense and defense, because you think top 10 of defense last year, Dallas were there, the Clippers were there, Toronto were there, like, and then in the offense, Charlotte were in the top 10, Minnesota, the Hawks. It, it would not, it, it like, there's always those odd teams that you wouldn't really think would be even close, but they're always in there. So to think that all things come together, this is a healthy Portland Trailblazers team. They should really be capable of flirting with both with top 10 in, in, a, in both categories, which would be, really important because they're going to have to step up to another level that maybe they didn't even get to in the previous year when they reached the playoffs, because this is a really competitive Western conference. Yeah. And the, I think the difference is now they, they have actual talent at the position that they've needed the most at the wing. Mm -hmm. And that's not something they had before. It was a lot of, you know, guesswork of like, how can they, how can they manage? All right, we'll play three guards. We'll bring in Norman Powell. We'll, we'll just try and, shoot the hell out of the ball and beat everybody offensively. But I think there's a lot more balance here. And this is going to come down to Chauncey Billups because, you know, there's, this isn't going to be an easy um, defensive strategy either because they have wing defense and they think they have good point of attack defense, but, you know, Nurkic isn't going to be healthy all season long. And he's not, you know, he's a good rim protector, but he's not a complete eraser. He's not going to be giving you Rudy Gobert type of defense. And that's huge when you have guys like Anthony Simons, you have guys like Damian Lillard. And if you're going to give Shaden Sharp minutes too, you have three guys at uh, the point guard, the two guard spot that are going to be, you know, giving up a lot of, a lot of runs at the rim. So, and I'm also worried on that. And we can talk about their depth. I, I think this is a good place to start with that is if you go past Nurkic, what do you have defensively there? I mean, their front court rotation, when you look at it, that is one area of concern I have. You know, we have a lot of hope that's relying on, um, how much rebounding, how much defense they're going to get from their wings and Nurkic. But outside of Nurkic, I'm, I am a little worried about what they're going to rely on um, past that point. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely share those concerns. I mean, when you think about their kind of their front court depth, you're looking at like the likes of Winslow, Drew Eubanks, maybe Gre Greg Brown the third. I mean, there's, there's – is. Nothing really there that really would even come close to jumping off the page. You're almost like, who who are they? Who are they again? So I mean, <laughs> like that's that's a that's going to be a big worry for Portland. Yeah, they, I mean, Trent, Trent Water had had Wofford had some moments, uh, but as a young guy, you know, the, my big concern though is like even if they have some promise and they and they can show something, they don't have anybody over six ten at the center position outside of Nurkic. So just in terms of size, like you don't have anyone to fill that void and they're going to have to play super small if he goes down. Um, and 
And another thing about Jeremy Grant, you know, it's not just the defense he's going to bring, it's that versatility. He's going to play a lot of small ball five. And that that's going to be a big answer there. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, when you when you look at it, we look at the defense, you look at the the rebounding, when you look at the secondary creation, Jeremy Grant actually might be, when I look at this team, he might be the most important player to this team for everything to work out. Mm-hmm. The, the way that he's going to fill a lot of the needs that they have. Yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, that I agree. That's why I was mentioning him with the with the defense earlier. Obviously, I know, you know, he's gonna want to come in and do uh, do a bit of everything. But when he's not there, you'd definitely be worried for the defensive makeup of this team and possibly even the offensive makeup too. Uh, too, just because he he should help them run smoother, he should help them run better and the way that he will help them be able to play more in transition with some of the, the stops that he'll get on the defensive end and, and little things like that. He's going to, he's going to fill a, a massive hole within this Portland team. And he's, he's going to end up being potentially the big X factor for this team outside of Damian Lillard, of course. Yeah. Do, do we, do we think that Lillard is going to come back hundred percent? Does he need to? I don't. I think. Yeah, I think we get. We get the. We get a, the twenty six and seven dame that uh, lights out from three and dominates in the clutch. I think uh, that that's all we need. We don't need him to be averaging thirty a game or anything like that. I think there's, thankfully, the likes of uh, Simons have developed while uh, while he's been down. You think maybe Shaden Sharp, if he adjusts early, might be able to add just a little bit. Josh Hart will will add will add some. Grant is obviously going to add some. Hopefully, we'll get some more shooting out of this year little. So he doesn't have to come and be like superhuman Dame that he has been in the past. But he's still going to have to be. He's still going to have to be Dame time, Mister Clutch. You know. Yeah, we need him to be all NBA Dame. That that's if he comes back and looks a step slow. That's they they don't have any hope for anything. I mean, the, everything. This is all built towards him being successful and does, does this feel like a better a better roster than he's had in recent memory like is this is this a more complete roster than he's had before i i think so i just the fact that it it, it felt like they were going into a rebuild and now this has just come together so quickly it's pretty impressive they they've filled a couple of important gaps that they've been missing for for a number of years and if they're able to find some cheap deals out there to get a bit more front court depth that's that's this is a really really good roster around Dame and something we probably haven't seen even with all the success that they've had down the years yeah it, it certainly feels like it and I think probably the biggest thing is just how much wing depth they have now um and that that's it feels weird to say, like including Nasir Little in that, but I actually really do believe in his development. Just look at how much better he played uh, in the second half of last year. I mean, even approaching thirty-five percent from three. I mean, if he can get his numbers up past thirty-five percent, I don't think he'll ever be a forty percent three-point shooter. But allowing him to play some role offensively, his defense is going to be massive. But I don't know. I can't help but feeling really hopeful for this team. I can't help but feel like they're more geared towards success than they have been before just from the defensive end. And we always go around these conversations about coaching impact and things like that. But now that you actually have a team that has defensive weapons, 
you have a return of your star. You have a young player like Anthony Simons who can prove he, he can put a lot more on his shoulders, growing players. There's going to be a lot of, of ways to evaluate whether Chauncey Billups is a good coach in this league or not this season. You know, he had his first season last year, which, which not, there wasn't a lot to expect from, you know, the roster he was given, but you know, you have burgeoning young players. Can they continue to develop under your tutelage? Can you have good defenders? Can you put together a good defensive uh, system with the kind of defenders you have? Can you make a system that still works with, you know, a guy that we expect to be a top 10 offensive player in this league? There's, there's a lot of expectations around Billups now that there's a legitimate team around their superstars decided to stay there. And that's probably going to be the, the thing to watch throughout the season is things are going to hinge on whether or not people think he's doing well. Maybe there's a player thing, but it's it's going to come down to whether people think uh, Chauncey Billups is doing a good job or not. Yeah, it's pretty, it's almost like the flick of a switch that he, he's gone from basically being under no pressure in, in year one to really having the uh, lit, almost lighting a fire up his ass by the, the acquisitions that they've made and the return of Dame. But you, you have to hope that he he has the ability to to adjust to that. That's why the, the Blazers hired him in the first place. They didn't hire him thinking this is a, a rebuilding team that are gonna are gonna struggle for a few years. They hired him knowing that they're a team wanting to go and compete. One guy who's gonna be important to that is their rookie Shane Sharp. We got he's got the part of the biggest question mark about him more more than any other rookie that in, in this draft class. What do you think he can do and, and what do you think would constitute a good rookie season for Shaden Sharp? It's going to be really tough. I, I I really oscillate on this because on one hand, I, I really, I'm really worried for him because this is a, a season where you need to win games mm-hmm. and you already have a guy who's filling a similar ish role to what he can do well now, which is, what Anthony Simons does. Like if, if, if Shaden Sharp came in, you know, he'd be providing a lot of the, the shot creation and the athleticism getting to the rim that the Anthony Simons has, but obviously you, your hope in drafting a guy like that is that he can do it at a star level, but that's very much in the future. So, you know, if, if he, if he's playing minutes on this team, uh, the most unlikely reason for that is because he's flashing like some very mature, floor general type playmaking and they can play him as a facilitator coming off the bench. And that would be, that would be astronomical. Like that would blow my mind and I would not expect that. I don't think anyone would, you know, he's shown potential that in high school, but it it would be the defensive side. You know, he's got the wingspan. He's got the athleticism. He's got the makeup for that. I think the best case scenario, honestly, for Shaden Sharp is if he's proving himself as a wing defender and he's proving that when Bills puts him out of there, he competes defensively. And, you know, the shooting will come along. I mean, that, that's something that every rookie struggles with, let alone a guy who didn't even play in college. But if he, if, if this system is built up for competition in the roster, and um, there's a lot of competition for him, you know, you gotta, you gotta earn minutes from Josh Hart. Josh Hart has earned his minutes in this league. Like he does every little thing, right. You gotta earn minutes from the Sear little who's proving the same thing. You're not going to earn minutes over Jeremy Grant. Like he's really gonna have to prove it. Gary Payton Jr. Too. Like, that's what's ahead of him. And those, those are the kind of roles that he will have to compete for. So maybe this could be a good thing for a guy that you want to be your future star player is that he's not going to get it easy. He's going to have to earn it the right way. So that's, that's kind of a developmental way to look at it. Cause I don't think he's going to be contributing meaningfully to a, 
to any of their playoff success. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I think that's I think that's definitely fair. So, Father Colet, do the Portland Trailblazers make the playoffs? What do you think? <sighs> I'm. I, I think they they make the plan. I think they make the plan, and this is another one of those like um, high upside type teams. I, I think I'm I'm too worried about their their front court rotation. And I'm a little bit worried about their their point guard backup point guard situation as well. Um, I mean, th- those are small-ish things, but those like if losing Nurkic like early in the season could tank them. And that's not that's not a random like health or not health kind of question. Nurkic has just always had issues his whole career. So if Nurkic goes down, um, I, I lose a lot of confidence in them putting together a great defense like I think they can have with him. Um, but I think they're 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 top, they're definitely top 10 at best. I'd say they're, they're probably a, you know, they, they could be a, a sixth, fifth seed given the, given the amount of development that they could have um, from some of their young guys. Yeah. I think uh, I'm going to go one step for it. I think, I think, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I'm going to hope that luck is on their side. I know I can believe in Damian Lillard as, as the leader and hopefully they're able to make a couple of, uh, a couple of additions in the front court, whether that's in free agency or or some smaller moves, possibly closer to uh closer to the trade deadline. Yeah, Ronan, this is getting tough, man. Like we, we we're already saying the Kings are making it in, the Blazers oh, are definitely making know. it in. We're, we're we very quickly run out of playoff slots. Yeah, we got ten. <laughs> we got that. The Kings are playing, baby. The Kings are definitely playing. All right, let's get to our Pelicans now, huh? Yeah, I think the the Pels are are really really interesting. Uh, team to look at moving forward i mean last season they ultimately finished ninth 36 and 46 but they made the playoffs through the play-in willie green his first year as a head coach showed his ability showed why the pelicans hired him we got to remember they didn't have zion williamson last year they very much looked like a middle of the pack team they were 19th in offense rating 20th in defense but always had those nights where you thought in any given game, they might just have that bit of flash that's going to get them the win. But we're adding Zion Williamson back into this team. And it's kind of scary to think about because for anyone else who's kind of forgotten about who Zion Williamson is, I mean, you look back to his one full season this league, uh, the 2020-2021 season, he averaged 27 points, 7.2 rebounds, 3.7 assists, shot 62% uh, from the field, which is just absolutely (laughs) insane. This guy was an absolute animal, an all-star, eighth in points per game, second in two-point field goals made. He was fourth in player efficiency. Only Embiid, Jokic, and Giannis were ahead of him, which is basically... Giannis, the one of the best players in the league. Jokic was the MVP, and Bede was the, the close runner up. So I mean, then it, it was Zion after that in terms of player efficiency. He the guy is just an absolute animal. I mean, he has the highest field goal percentage by a player averaging 25 plus points at 61%. First player under 21 to average 25 points per game for his career, and that's 85 games. He was the first teenager to score 20 plus in 10 straight. And he had 25 games scoring 20 plus on 
50% or better shooting. That only other guy to do that, Shaquille O'Neal. Zion Williamson is an animal. And if the injuries have not affected his mobility and his his ability to be a lob threat and to ability to make blocks and get offensive rebounds. It's going to be scary and just awesome to have him back playing in this league. Yeah, it's it's, it's so undoubtable. Like, it's crazy to look at those numbers and, and it feels so far away now. Like, the league moves so quickly. And um, it, it's interesting because you, you put all those things out there and that should be in every Pelicans fan's mind. But there's a really cool um, poll that The Athletic did and it turns out for Pelicans fans, their favorite player on this team in order goes Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, Ben Zion Williamson. He's fallen to the third most liked, like who's your favorite player on this team. And, but everybody by vast majority voted that he was the most important player to this team. And I thought that was a perfect way to put it. And all that stuff that you brought up, is the expectation. Everyone's going to expect him to be that good. And everyone just watched the, the Pelicans make it to the playoffs. And I think that if you want to get inspired by this team and see what they're all about, I think all of that really came to national focus when they beat the Lakers in, in April, when LeBron James dropped 38, Anthony Davis came back, and they basically dug their grave and didn't let them even have a chance to compete with them for the play-in. And that game just like spoke everything about what this team is. And to add Zion to that, the expectation is going to be, you know, we don't even have to get to the end of the conversation to know what the expectation is. It's, it's not just playoffs. It's getting deep in the playoffs. It's getting past the first round, getting past the second round. And I think this team should be winning 50 plus games given the amount of talent on this team and given the success they had last year. And I think the question goes into, you know, it's not about talent. Because we can go on and on about Zion and go on about Ingram, CJ McCollum, how underrated Jonas Valanciunas is. Talk about how amazing these young guys are. Your Alvarados, your Herb Jones, your Trey Murphys. And Trey Murphy is, is actually a really interesting guy. I think a lot of people think he's going to be a sixth man of the year. If you're a Pels fan, you're definitely thinking that. Um, so the talent is there. And I think the really interesting thing is, you know, how, how does Zion, is Zion just pure addition to how good they are? Or is there going to be a little bit of growing pain? And for example, you know, Zion, during that time period that you're mentioning all those stats, he averaged seven post-ups a game. That's seventh most in the league. And how does that mesh with the team that really was playing a lot of inside out, was not, was not playing a whole lot of post-up? Is that going to slow things down? Is that going to take away from the playmaking of Brandon Ingram? Is that going to take away from the playmaking of CJ McCollum? Um, and I don't think ultimately that's going to be like the fate of this team. Like Zion won't mesh with them, but it'll be interesting to see how that goes on. And if, if everything works out as perfectly as, you know, you'd hope. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I will definitely say is though, I, I think Ingram was definitely thrived in that 2020, 2021 season playing with Zion. True. Obviously he had the little bit of a, he only had a bump up of one, uh, in terms of rebounding and in terms of of assists, basically last year, and he had a higher points per game uh, and a better three point uh, shooting percentage when he was playing alongside Zion. So I think that's one thing we don't really need to question too much. I think those two together they work really well. It's going to be how does McCollum mesh into that? And you know, McCollum's the type of player that will 
be able to adjust. It's the question of can Zion make adjustments for him as well? Because let's not forget, uh, CJ McCollum is one of the best veteran guards in the entire NBA. So you have to you have to respect his game and let him let him get his shots and let him have his plays as well. It can't just always be the Zion show. Do you do you feel like this team is complete? Do they need to make another move? The ultimate goal here is is to be to be in the Western Conference Finals. Like, are they? Is this the team that they that they are going to have going into that sort of situation? I feel like there still could be another move to make, possibly at the guard position. Because when I look, when I think about it now, I'm like the starting team is McCollum, Ingram. Valanciunas and Zion, but who's who's the other guard there that's gonna be that's gonna be the starter? Is it gonna be is Alvarado gonna start? I don't think we're gonna see starting minutes uh, for for Dyson Daniels, their rookie. So I'm kind of like, is is Graham a good enough Graham and McCollum? Is that a good enough backcourt to really be expecting to get to that level? I think, I think honestly, with with, with the way the league is now. You know, you could run Ingram at the three and Herb Jones at the two. Herb Jones is is more than good enough defensively to be there, and has proven, to my surprise, honestly, to be a good three point shooter. So as a as a spot up guy, you know he can play the two, and CJ McCollum has surprised everybody. I think with over the past couple of years, how reliable he can be as a playmaker. Um, and I'm I'm more than confident having Jose Alvarado coming off the bench. If you have if you have Jose and Devontae Graham coming off the bench as your guards, that's enough. That's enough playmaking. I think oh, Alvarado brings enough, you know, Pat Bev type energy, you know, just the intent intangibles that he brings to to make a difference. And Graham, that that's his perfect role. If he's coming off the bench as a shooter and a secondary playmaker, there's no pressure on him to to be running a lot. And plus you know, this point guard situation, you know, it's a little different from when you look at at the Blazers when you're you're a little worried about what their backup point guard situation is going to be. There's so many players on this team that you can rely on to have the ball in their hands. You can rely on Brandon Ingram to have the ball in his hands. You can rely on CJ McCollum to have the ball in his hands. You want to run some points, Zion? You've already done it before, and it was one of the best offenses in the league. You can rely on even Larry Nance to, to play a little bit of uh, facilitating at the elbow. You can rely on... Uh, you know, Devontae Graham and Jose Alvarado to play the point as well. Um, they, even, they even put the ball in Herb Jones' hands, uh, have, having him bring up the ball here and there. They, they have a lot of trust in this team, and they have a lot of playmakers. And I think the versatility is, like we've talked about with some teams, it's, it's a bit of a double-edged sword when you have too many players you can do too many things, and it's there's not a lot of structure. Willie Green has just done such an amazing job, and I can't talk about it enough, of how everyone just looks so confident what they're supposed to do. And there's not going to be a question of like, who's, who's leading here. Who's there, there's none of that. Like there's so much sacrifice and so much teamwork that um, I think the depth comes from their versatility and the amount of um, different things that some of these players can do. I think that's going to work to their advantage as opposed to it being kind of a question mark of who should be doing what. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. One thing I do, I like the idea of Graham coming off the bench, especially with the shooting that he offers. I mean, he was the, the main man in terms of catch and shoot for this team last year. Well, uh, had the most attempts and more, more importantly, had the most makes shot just below 
just below 40% at 39.8. So I like the idea of him him coming off the bench. But you think that that Jones is the most likely start? I feel like there could be a, a bit of variation. I feel like there's a couple of guys who will who will probably share kind of the the starting uh, roles, especially earlier and early in the season before they they figure it out. Yeah, and I think another another guy to mention too that could that could figure this out. Um, well, I guess too, uh, Kira Lewis. That that's a guy who is he back still back with China camp is he? I believe he should be, um, okay. but I, he's, he's someone that hasn't shown enough and that that's, that's a big question mark, but someone I'm a lot more confident in is Dyson Daniels. If you throw Dyson Daniels, um, you know, not in that starting rotation, but just in that guard rotation. So if you're bumping someone to, to the starting two, starting one, whether it's Jose, whether it's Graham, you know, Dyson Daniels can run a lot of offense for you off the bench. I mean, he's a good, good lead guard. And that is a guy that early on in the NBA is going to be a great defender as well. And that, that's that's just the crazy part about this team. Like you can go on about how many really good defenders they have. Um, putting Jackson Hayes in that category as well. I think he's he's really matured as a as a great defender. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not too I'm not too worried about about where that goes. But I'd I'd be surprised if Herb Jones is not a starter, no matter what, because he, he's their he's their best wing defender, and you just every team, their best wing defender is most likely going to be starting out there unless there's some serious limitations with them offensively. And he's shown a lot to show that he can play a role offensively to keep him out there. So I think that's probably going to be the main thing to why he's starting. And probably that's, that's probably my starting five. If you had to lock me in today. <laughs> and what about the Eurobasket MVP? You think he could, uh, he could push Valanciunas at all in terms of uh, starting position? Who won a year? Oh, man, I, I'm Willie, a little behind on here. Willie, Willie Hernan Gomez. Willie Hernan Gomez won the – was it the finals MVP or the entire Eurobasket MVP? They just, they just called it MVP. I, I don't I, – no, they did – because he averaged, uh, I think it was 18.9 points per game. And uh, not sure. It was, it was pretty impressive stats, though. I can't, I can't remember exactly what they were. Yeah, now, I'm but. not I'm not surprised. I'm really not. Like, he's – like, he when he has gotten minutes in the NBA – like he's produced really well. Um, and I mean, he's just that kind of guy that in, in the Eurobasket is kind of seen that like he just produced so well. Um, it's always been his defense, though. I, I don't think he's gonna. I, I don't. I don't think anyone's going to be supplant Jonas uh, Valanciunas. I mean, as a post-up player, he's one of the best post-up players in the league. Now he's shooting threes here and there, and he's a guy that too. Like you can throw the ball to him in the post, and he can he can make plays. Um, I wonder though, you know, how, how does how does Jonas and Zion are they going to mesh well? Are they going to mesh well? Because it's all going to become about percentages. Because if you if your best if your best play is going to be post up Zion, and that's going to be your most efficient play, it doesn't matter if 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 Valens Yunus is going to shoot like thirty eight percent from three on like two attempts. Teams are going to let him shoot all day long. It's going to be stuff like that. People are going to let Herb Jones shoot all day long. And if they go through cold streaks and, you know, they're not confident shooting at the crazy volume that they are, then maybe lineups change a little bit. Maybe you want to surround Zion with Larry Nance instead. Maybe you want to surround him with Trey Murphy instead. And then you kind of rotate things out that way. But at the end of the day, it's all going to stem from the fact that, you know, Zion is that good. Whether it's Jonas, whether it's Hernan Gomez, it doesn't matter. No one's going to, it's going to be about who's going to play best around their best player. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think one thing I will say, they could be one of the more efficient teams if it, if it comes together well. You think like McCollum can be a 50%, uh, a 50% field goal. Ingram could be the same. Van Kunis is always, he, he's obviously going to be scoring a lot inside. Zion, we know his scoring is always going to be efficient. This could be a really, all things coming together, it could be a really efficient scoring team, but so you're thinking now, no playoffs is absolutely out of the question. Absolutely out of the question. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll, I'll put my hot take on this. Like, at first, it started with me looking at this and being like, okay, this is definitely, this is the deepest New Orleans basketball team that has ever been assembled. Mm-hmm. And when I dig a little deeper, I feel pretty confident that this is and yeah, you have Chris Paul teams out there. You have Anthony Davis teams out there. This is the best New Orleans basketball team that has ever been assembled. Maybe that's not saying a lot because there's not been a whole lot of them. But I think that has to translate that this is the most realistic hope that they've had in a serious contender ever. And they're just getting started. That's how I'm on this team and how that translates and how good they're going to be i think at a minimum they're making the playoffs but look what they look how they challenged the suns look how they played against the lakers and that is that i know it's the lakers and we we clown them all year long but they stepped up to the moment still the lakers <laughs> it's still the lakers it's still anthony davis still lebron james like they stepped up in the biggest moments and their young guys stepped on the big, biggest moments i mean down to guys like trey young who just did not look scared at the moment down to guys like jose alvarado their young guys reflect that same like desire to win in their veterans and their veterans are ready for it. This team is built for it. I don't see how they're not a, a top six seed this season. Okay. And then what about Zion? Do you think he will match what he did or even exceed what he did in his one full season in 2020, 2021? I think that that's going to be, I don't think he'll match it. There, there's two, there's, there's too much, there's too much good on this team for him to have to be that good. He doesn't have to be that good because there's there's other options. I think his efficiency will be, I don't imagine how it can be even better, but I think with the spacing he'll have, the spacing he'll create, he'll be even more of an efficient player. My question for him is where's the defense? Can he play some defense? Because it's not, this is not just a interesting young team anymore. And it's not just about your highlights or or you know. On a bad, this is where the good, the rare situation, I think, where good player, bad team kind of does matter is you can be a really good offensive player and look really good on a bad team and not have to care about defense. And at least you're doing just enough offensively for a team that's doesn't have enough weapons there. But this team has enough offensively. They and they have they have enough defensively, too. But Zion's that X factor that will make them from like a competitive play in borderline playoff team to like a legit contender. Like he's that kind of player. So if he can bring it on both ends of the, uh, both ends of the court, that's, that's where it gets important. We haven't seen him play defense at all. So I, I really, I really will be surprised if it shows up because again, we haven't seen it, but when he's committed in the moments that he has, and when we've seen it in limited times in, in uh, college as well, like he's a scary defensive player when he's committed. Yeah. So I think that, Outside of uh, them uh, reaching the playoffs, you think Zion bringing it on the defensive end is the most important thing we see from New Orleans this season? Yeah, I, I, I want I want to say that because I'm I'm so confident in everything else. I, I'm confident in 
them repeating what they did last year. Um, it's about him meshing. But I think if Zion is a two-way player, if Zion is a two-way star and not just, just an offensive stud, I think that's the most important thing for the Pelicans this year because that would make him an MVP candidate. That, and if the Pelicans are like ascending to like a top four seed, like that makes him a very strong MVP candidate. Yeah, and you think like think about what the Grizzlies did last year. Would it be crazy yeah. to think of the Pelicans doing a similar sort of no. thing this year? No, and I and I see the Grizzlies taking a step back. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's absolutely true. So Pels fans out there, be confident and just remember that you have um absolute potential superstar monster returning in Zion Williamson. He's looking pretty shredded. Hopefully, he doesn't put on the put the weight back on before before the start of the season, but. Uh, I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. Uh, an exciting, an exciting conversation to have. Not not talking about the lowly teams in the West. Two teams that we both uh, expect to be challenging for the playoffs, if not even better than that. I run a game. My thanks to Christian Nambu for joining me, and thank you all very much for listening. And remember, if you like what you are hearing, please subscribe and follow us on all your favorite social channels from twitter to tiktok we are everywhere at coast to coast nba and remember take every shot and love every moment